can't help but fall in love with Janine Saba's vivacious, sparkling personality. She's a real live wire. Janine is the founder, creative director, and editor of the beautiful luxury magazine, The Covent Gardener, now into its third year since the first quarterly edition was published in winter 2015. In Janine's words, Covent Garden has a unique atmosphere, and The Covent Gardener is here to celebrate it and shine a light on the area's culture and history, to promote its businesses, and to champion its people, the Covent Gardeners themselves. Being a resident of the area for several years, Janine is lucky to have been granted access to all sorts of unusual stories, characters, and events over the years. I was fortunate enough to have caught up with Janine and to have had my own personal tour of one of London's greatest attractions. I'm Steve Lazarus, and this is your London Legacy. Good morning, uh, Janine Saba. Good morning, Steve. And welcome to your London Legacy. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Very excited to be here. Good. I'm excited to have you on. Been trying to track you down for a while. I've been, uh, well, we've had one or two things that have precluded me from getting in touch with you, including some emergency uh, mm-hmm. teeth problems I had, which was very painful. So um, can't interview people when you've got sore mouth. It's no. not, not very nice. So here we are in the middle of wonderful London town in the centre of uh, Covent Garden. The heart the of heart London. The heart of London town. <laughs> and we're going to dig deep into Covent Garden and your involvement with Covent Garden and your involvement with the wonderful Covent Gardener magazine, which you set up and edit and founded three years ago, I think. That's virtually. correct. So looking forward to getting into that. So tell us a little bit about, before we get into the magazine and how wonderful it is, and we'll go into a lot of detail about that. Just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to live where you do, because living in the middle of town is one thing, but living right in the heart of Covent Garden, I'm guessing a lot of people don't even appreciate that Covent Garden has many residents actually living here, because I, was, I wasn't too 7, aware. 7,000 of, of them, 7,000 residents that live in Covent Garden, it is quite insane. My background, I started in magazines a little while ago, a little while ago, my first ever I suppose I it was work experience. I did a little bit of work experience at Vogue. And then I worked at Tatler magazine for a few years and at Harper's for a few mm-hmm. years, always in the design department. So it was never like uh, Devil Wears Prada. I always say that. It was because art departments were, are not like that. It's, it's really everyone is m- way more laid back. So I was always worked luxury magazines. And then I went off and I did some freelance work. I always loved the design element and I went, I worked for a magazine called Wealth Management Survey and I re- redesigned this and that's when I first really discovered that you can, actually, that's not true, actually, the first time I ever really, I will remember the art desk when I was at Tatler in, in the Condé Nast, it was Vogue House and the massive, massive illustration came in and it was a, one from Gerald Scar and I remember seeing this illustration, this is before they even like scanned them in or they just, he just, he brought over the real, the real you know, the originals. And I remember seeing an absolutely massive, like A1 illustration, and I was blown away. I've always loved Gerald Scarf's work, always. So from that moment on, I was like, I will work with Gerald Scarf in some way. And I eventually did. I tracked this poor man down and I, I he did a cover like 10, 15 years later for me for, for a, when I was creative director for a magazine called Diplomat. And he did a cover for me. And it was an incredible, incredible cover. Incredible. So I love illustration. Okay, so so illustration, design. So you, are you an illustrator yourself? Absolutely not. No. But I have a very good eye, uh, I think. No, that's apparent. Yeah, very yeah. obvious. Yeah, I yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I can't illustrate at all. 
but I do. I love I love working with all different types of illustrators. So when you the, say the design of a magazine, you worked in design. Yes. What aspect are you talking about? The design of the, the layout of the magazine itself and the yes. look and feel of the thing? Everything. Uh-huh. The look, the feel, the fonts, the page numbers, the, the num- literally the numbers themselves, how the cover looks. Everything. So you, in are the you magazine. one of these people who has a, a font fetish like my wife who's obsessed with fonts? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I but but that's but we need to have a chat yeah, about I her later. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Therapy. No. <laughs> no, but I am obsessed with my illustrators. Sure. That I am obsessed with. I I really love illustration. So yes, the look and the feel. So I design the pages, the fonts, the everything to do with the magazine. Hmm. How, how yeah, how it's gonna look, how many pages of advertising we start with a flat plan you know i have to think about that the content how the content will all fit with everything else the shopping pages the lifestyle pages the feature pages the whole thing but not not back then not when i was at tatler of course not. i was still a junior but that must have been a wonderful grounding for you working oh, with such high-end yeah, luxury magazines definitely and then when i was at diplomat when i was at diplomat that's when i really really got to to make a difference diplomat i was there for about seven years this, before i started this magazine and it was, it's a, still going, it's about 70, 70 years, it's more than 70 years old. And it's aimed at the diplomatic community. And Venetia Van Kuffler is the editor, lovely lady. And um, I went there and I re- completely rebranded the magazine. And we put, I mean, I remember one of my first or second covers, we put rats on the cover. And this is going to all the diplomats in this country. I mean, it was, a, it was edgy. There was an amazing artist called Roa who's done stuff in beautiful, he does these massive, massive big rats and black and white rats and cranes and birds in Shoreditch. He was one of the first, this is maybe 15 years ago, he did the biggest graffiti piece in Shoreditch. It's still there. There's bits of it still there. So I got to work with him. He did two rats, three rats on a wall in Belgium, took a photograph and that was my cover. And really brave of Venetia to trust me to put that on the yeah, cover. Yeah, because I mean, you sent you got a magazine diplomat, which presumably is going to a very sort of oh yeah, you know, shirt and tie and yeah, yeah. you know, old fashioned community. Yeah, yeah, all the ambassadors. ambassadors. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. rat images would have uh, <laughs> yeah. you know love it. Yeah, put the cat amongst the pigeons, or the the rat amongst <laughs> the pigeons, even. Yeah. So you haven't lived in Covent Garden all your life, I'm assuming. Where, where no, did you? But I have lived in London all my life. So I've lived in London, and I've lived in basically pretty much central London my whole life, but not central, central like Covent Garden. And I came to Covent Garden nine years ago. And when I first came, I was like, oh, it's so touristy. Oh my God, how am I going to be able to live here? But then I met the community. So what attracted you? I mean, you, you got here and you thought, oh my God, how can I possibly live here? Yeah. What was the attraction to you back then? It was the, the history. Uh-huh. It was the history. And then after a while, I got to meet the community. So the mag- magazine didn't start because I've been here, what, nine years. The magazine is only three years. So I've been here a while. It was meeting the community, getting to know everyone, like my neighbors. I mean, I see, I see people regularly all the time. Like I've never had that. I've always wanted, it's like, I absolutely feel like I belong. Everyone says good morning. Everyone, and like I've said, it, it has to be because Covent Garden, you have so many visitors to the area that you do have to be friendly because you want, you know, the visitors to stay and spend money because everyone in this area, you want them to do well because you care about them. So you're friendly. I think that that's how I see it. Like, like you're like you're a little ambassador for the area. You are. I am. I and mean, like everybody here who works and lives here is an ambassador for the area. I think we should um, try and 
for my benefit as much as anybody else who's listening to define what Covent Garden is as, as an area because it's not a lot of people think of Covent Garden as the um, the piazza and, and the restaurants surrounding it and maybe you know Drury Lane but how do you define it I mean is there this is a great question is there a postcode boundary this are is there great, roads that bound it it's a great question and this is this is a really it's a difficult one to answer and I and I was asked this recently but so there are basically Covent Garden is split into about three four different little sections you have the North Bank, the North Bank bid. And the North Bank is from where the Admiralty Arch all the way down the Strand, the Savoy, Somerset House, to the Aldwych and to Temple. That's the North Bank, the North Bank area. Then you have the Covent Garden, which is everything from Maiden Lane, from the Strand, going all the way to Great Queen Street, to actually not even, see, different people class it as, I class all of that. So all of the North Bank for me is Covent Garden. Yeah. All of that is Covent Garden. Then we have Great Queen Street. We have, all, of course, the Piazza. We have where I am now, Maiden Lane, uh, Garrick Street, Chandos Place. All of that is Covent Garden. Henrietta Street, James. I mean, obviously, that is, that's like the heart of Covent Garden. And then you have, that's the central hub, exactly. Yeah. And then you have Seven Dials. And Seven Dials class themselves separately. They class themselves as, so, every one of those areas, like North Bank markets themselves differently, Seven, seven Dials differently, even St. Martin's Courtyard, they market themselves differently. For me, it's all Covent Garden. Mm. And that's how, I, that's how the magazine sees it. And, so, there's, and there's a wonderful map, pull-out map. Is that what you would call it, a pull-out map? Yeah. On the, the back of... Gatefold. E- gatefold. Yeah. Use the technical <laughs> correct word. In the back of each magazine, there's this wonderful gate map pull-out, which yeah. is beautifully illustrated. By? By... Adam, Adam Dant. Adam Dant, who is a world-renowned illustrator. Yeah, he is. What does he do? Is it pen and ink predominantly? And But it's all hand-drawn, isn't it? It's all... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely yeah, yeah, stunningly yeah. done. Just going back to the definition of Covent Garden, and I mean, I... I mean, Seven Dials... Mm. I never really thought of that as Covent Garden. I always thought of that a bit remote. And as you say, it's its own sort of discreet area yeah. in London. But they, they, they consider themselves... Oh, they don't. They, they don't. don't consider themselves so to, Covent to Garden. Bit, I do. But do, do, people, do they get a bit sort of sniffy about this? Not, s- not sniffy, not <laughs> sniffy, but everyone is a bit protective over their mm. area. And that's lovely because... But for me, I like it. For me, it's community. The more you promote someone else, the more they're going to promote you. Yes. I mean, I, maybe, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am too simplistic. But that's the way I like to see it. So because I'm the boss of my magazine, I can I can promote whoever I want to promote. And for me, it's all Covent Garden. And so if you seven want to change dial- the boundaries, historic boundaries, it's entirely <laughs> up to you. Why not? <laughs> I haven't been sued yet. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to oh, sue God, you. God, I hope not. No, but for me, I mean, Seven Dials is so important. It has certain, you know, the first person to ever get the plague was in Seven Dials. So I understand, through reading your magazine. And I also didn't appreciate that the monument there was actually not the original one. Yeah. That was replaced. How interesting. 30-odd years ago or something. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know my dates. That's in the a- magazine, a- but yes. Or something, but it's so interesting. Yeah. There's so much history. Mm. And it all ties in with Covent Garden. All of it is Covent Garden. And Great Queen Street as well. You have Freemasons Hall. That's amazing. Long Acre, all the theatres. So going back to the, the residents, is there a mix of, how shall I say, class and culture? I mean, because you've obviously got you know, well, well-heeled people who, who live in this area because, you know, you're in a very expensive prime real estate sort of area. It is a mix. And I really love my neighbours. Thank God. All of my neighbours, they've been great. Like a few years ago, not even maybe, yeah, a few years ago, we had um, one of the um, actors was in the play that went wrong. So cool, because I don't know anyone famous. So it's so cool. I was so happy to have them opposite. And we went to the theatre with them a few times. So lovely. And my, op- my neighbours opposite, opposite, I went to their wedding. 
I mean, it's it's so low. And then the, the guys below, it's students who are now in LSE because so it's it is a mix. And then you have, of course, so we have here my little area, and then you have there are there is there's the Peabody Estates, and there's all of those which we recently did um, a project with some of the kids. We did a, because the last issue, issue twelve, was all about magic. We got the kids from um, the Peabody Estate to draw. If the police had a magic tool, something like that, yeah. like a magic tool, what would, how would you draw it? Uh-huh. How would you draw it? So we got the kids to do that. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a mix of people everywhere. Talking about magic, you were telling me about your, uh, was it in the recent edition, the, ma- the magic stroke hoax you pulled on people in your magazine? Do you just want to tell us a, a little do bit you, about I'm that? I'm not sure if are I you, should are you allowed be to telling you. Breach I magician's don't, confidentiality? I don't know. Well, <laughs> the last issue, which was our issue 12, and oh my goodness, it, such so an amazing, amazing issue. Yeah, mm. and we had Patrick Hughes. Patrick Hughes is an amazing artist. He's 75, and Adam Dant introduced me to Patrick. Patrick created the reverse p- perspective, which is a term used in art. So he created this about 50 years ago. It's when you have something, it looks like it's flat, but it isn't. Everything is painted on wood that goes in and out, in and out. So when you look at it, it's moving. Yes. And Patrick Hughes charges, and I asked him, I said, it's about 100,000 per He's like, no, Janine, it's 150,000 pounds per piece. And I'm like, oh. No problem. No problem. And Patrick created our cover in like, when I asked him, in like a day. And this cover is, is so beautiful. And he does lots with rainbows. And he even, in the little bit of copy that he wrote for us, I wanted him to write something. He said, Covent Garden is at the end of the rainbow, which I think is so beautiful. And recently you had Tusk promoting the rhinos in London. 21 rhinos were placed all around London. Patrick did one of those rhinos. He did a rainbow rhino right in the piazza. More photographed than anything else so you for did that very time. Well to it was get a, him on board, then didn't you? Oh, I was the luck of the devil. When it comes to my illustrators, I don't know. It was so lucky, so 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 lucky. It's so sweet. He sent me an email saying, "I'm so proud of me and of you." <laughs> How sweet! How sweet! It just it was so lovely. So I had a lot of fun working with Patrick. A lot of fun. And the magic element. Oh, the, oh every I, page I, is full of magic. Full of so magic. I got a magician, a real magician, to because Covent Garden, we have we have um, James Street, the magic corner, just uh-huh. where, where you have Kurt Geiger. It's called James, it's corner, it's number one James Street. And that's called Magic Corner, but not everybody knows that. And you have all the magicians, they, they, they do their tricks there. So I got a few of the magicians, and one of them in particular, he, he made a, a special copy for me where I make the pages disappear which I did show you earlier, Steve, and you, you, were, you were amazed, Steve. <laughs> I was. I'm you always amazed, amazed by magic. <laughs> <laughs> and this chap is taking me, God bless them, to the magic circle in a few weeks. So I'm really excited about that. I mean, <laughs> I promised him I will behave, but I'm really excited That's about fantastic. that. That's fantastic. Are you allowed to tell us about the, uh, the story the of the, the hoax? Yes. So the whole issue was inspired by a story called uh, the, the Bottle Conjurer's Hoax in 1749. And all the wealthy men of London got together saying that they bet they could make the general public could believe in anything and that they said okay let's let's i bet we can make them believe that a real man can jump inside of a just a, a common wine bottle so they made this advert they put it in the in the papers they sold tickets to the theater haymarket that it sold out the crowd got there packed packed and then nothing happened and the crowd as they did in those days 18th century they tore the theater apart they even burnt some of the seats i love stories like this. You, you couldn't make them up. I mean, and this is a true story. This is a true story. So from this story, I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be fun to do our own Covent Garden hoax? So we did. 
We did. I mean, it's done now. It's done. You weren't put God, off not- by them burning your flat down. <laughs> <laughs> that th- didn't occur to me. Well, no one knows where I live. I no, no, no. No, no. So we did. We did something a little bit. It was a naughty. The magazine is a bit naughty. It's a bit cheeky. And I like that because Covent, I never, never, I've always worked in luxury magazines. I wanted it to be charming. I wanted it to be quirky. I also want it to be luxury. Every writer I have as a professor or an art historian, you know, we, we work, the quality of the magazine is insane, but it's still quirky and naughty. I want this to be read in like half an hour with a nice cup of coffee and you're done, but you also collect it. Like that's my dream. So back to the hoax. So we said, that we said Indigo Jones, Covent Garden's best kept secret illusion. So everyone knows Indigo Jones created the Piazza and St. Paul's Church. But what they don't know is that on a certain day and a certain time at a certain hour, a certain minute, if you look through the keyhole of St. Paul's Church, you will see a very naughty optical illusion created by Indigo Jones woven into the fabric of mm. the church. So basically, this was a hoax. But people turned up. We had about 10 people. So you went to the, the, the place in question and Absolutely. you stood waiting to see what was going to happen. We stood waiting. And one by one, people start to turn up. They it actually did. says at the time of the harvest moon, which is the full moon closest to the autumnal equinox. Yeah. So people are coming along thinking, oh my yeah. God, what am I going to see? <laughs> and they all start peering through this keyhole. And you're, did, you, were you, did you able to keep a straight face? Did I did. I did. I jumped out and I... <laughs> I've been had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they 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 liked they liked it. They all got goodie bags from Benjamin Pollock's toy shop, my favorite toy shop in Covent Garden. Another lady you should meet. Liz, um, Louise Hurd is amazing. Okay. 37 okay. years they've been in the market. 37 years. Best toys. So we had little goodie bags from them. So sweet. So they weren't put out at all by the fact they'd sort of traipsed down there. No. No, not once they got the goodie bag. Once they got the goodie bag, they were okay. I it was a fair fair cop. <laughs> so that's what we like having fun like this. Yeah. It's fun. And I like giving away gifts. We have nice prizes, which it is. It's just, it's nice giving away. It's nice giving away prizes and, and gifts and making people happy, which is what I want the magazine to do. Yeah. Smile, well, laugh. It, it is a, a beautiful magazine. I've, I, I've only seen and read two, which you kindly sent me recently. And I think that they're, they're stunningly, I mean, the quality is, is beautiful. Thank you, The Steve. illustrations are unique yeah. and, and stunning. And you've got some wonderful illustrators. And I like the way it's put together because you've got a blend of history and modern, and con- both in terms of art and the stories and where to go and what to see and what's on now and historical yeah. dates. And it, and it just hangs together really, really beautifully. Thank you, thank you. And it's not at all stuffy. Thank you. No, I never will. Because I'm not like that. And also Covent Garden isn't like that. Covent Garden isn't stuffy. Covent Garden has so much history, so much rich history. Also, I don't read much. I Nothing is longer than 500 words in the magazine because I like short, short stories. Yes. And I like them to be as juicy and interesting as possible. And then that's it. So how does this get distributed? I mean, who does this go out to? I think you said 100,000. It does. It copies. goes, I print 20,000. It reaches 100,000 people. We distribute in the piazza. We distribute to all our residents, all the hotels, including hotels in Park Lane, which I'm super excited about. So Park Lane and Rosewood, obviously every bedroom in the Savoy, the W. So it goes out to all the lovely hotels. It goes, uh, all the businesses in Covent Garden, all the businesses in North Bank, Seven Dials. So it goes out to, to all of this. Obviously, we're still young. I mean, we're three years it's where we want to still grow and grow and reach. We, it's so interesting seeing how many people come to Covent Garden from every nationality. Incredible. Well, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have and carry around with you if you're, if you're visiting the area because it's just so full of wonderful information, but in a lovely, informative way. I mean, that story, Inigo Jones. I mean, it's, uh, so this one, another Inigo yeah. Jones one. But so, we're, so again, we know that Inigo Jones created the piazza. 
But what we don't know, and I do love stories like this, is that he created all these scandalous, scandalous costumes for mm. the Stuart Court. Like really, really racy, racy bare-breasted women costumes. Like, and you wouldn't believe it. Like, I didn't believe it. I, and this is, I forget who wrote this. Is it Lucy Moore? Lucy Moore. Lucy Moore. Yeah. Another amazing art historian who's written, she writes regularly for us, and she's an incredible woman. And we have Mick O'Hare, who's 27 years at The New Scientist, another fantastic writer. I mean, the, really the quality... Of the um the writers, it's amazing. And oh, I, they are they're, they're wonderful, brilliant. I don't informed. write, by the way. <laughs> Not <laughs> well, even no, my job is to, Your job is to put this all together, which yeah, you yeah. do do a wonderful yeah, job. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And we we got put uh, in touch with each other via the wonderful Jason Sandy, who was my sure first did. guest on the podcast. I remember the um, mudlarker and wonderful architect. He, he he likes to point out as well, which is his <laughs> paying day job. That he's this wonderful mudlarker, and he took you down to the Thames one yeah, evening, didn't he, did. he, to show you how he mudlarks in the middle of the night and it's incredible. Makes you know, and there's some wonderful art- article by him in there yeah. in, in the magazine yeah yeah i get it's one of the best things is meeting the different people that i get to meet i have never met so many unusual people in such a in the last three years in my whole life never met so jason sandy is absolutely one of them such an interesting man but a few issues before that i don't know you haven't seen this one but we did a whole issue on tattooing and something I know nothing about, but believe me, I am now an expert. And I have been told, I have been told that I am now part of the tattooing community, even though I am tat-free and will remain so. But it was so interesting. We had a professor, Matt Loder, Dr. Matt Loder, who's covered in tattoos, but he, uh, I forget which university, but he wrote for us about Alf South, who was a tattooist on the Strand. He tattooed maybe 15,000 women. And some of them appeared in Tatler, which I think is too funny as well. Mm. So we have a tattooed little lady at the back of the magazine. I don't know if you spotted her, Steve, because she is on here and it's a bit naughty. Ah, well, I'm normally, I'm, I'm now like yourself, I'm, I'm ink free. And one of my early guests on the show was um, Lal. Oh, yes, Lal Hardy. Lal Hardy. Yes. Who is renowned across London and the yeah. UK and worldwide as well. Yeah. And he's been practicing the art of inking for generations. And I mean, he, he's just tattooed just about everybody you know anybody and everybody yeah. from i met him for, for three seconds yeah. he will not even remember meeting yeah. me oh, i'm sure he will no he, 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 won't. he won't. He's, he's got a remarkable memory and a wonderful storyteller as well so you should you should check him out yeah because no, he's incredible when i, know I post he's incredible. yeah uh, when his um episode went um went live it's amazing that the tattoo community is such a tight oh, knit oh my goodness and they're so interactive as well mm-hmm. they just love anything to do with the history and the art they're and, so tight knit that's yeah. exactly the word and that's for me as an outsider getting to glimpse inside of all these different communities different tight knit communities it's, it's an honor really so i've met so there's a black garden tattoo and tucci is the owner and amazing artist down there. I know that and we place. got to do. Yeah. Oh, you do? From yeah. another, from another, that's another story. For, that's for, another for, story. Mike. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the other one, the Extreme Needle. So there's two main ones in Covent Garden. And I love it. I love that I know all of this stuff. And then, and then we did an, so that was fun. That was so interesting. And then we did something on Watercrest, the Watercrest Queen of Covent Garden. And I got to meet all these chefs. And as you've seen inside of my fridge, Steve, I, I don't have well, much food in there. Watermelon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And eggs. I'm not domesticated at all. But I've got to meet so many amazing chefs, pastry chefs. And oh, it's so interesting. And do, and they, do they treat you? I mean, do you, do you get a lot of you I don't know, freebies? Actually, I don't eat sugar. I don't eat refined sugar. So that's a bit of a pain. I don't eat that. But so do they treat me? Mm, no, but I'm. But that's okay. I get to see inside their <laughs> well, kitchens. you're promoting them. So they've cool. got to let you taste the product, yeah. haven't they? Fitness people. So the next issue, 
Oh, I can tell you. Shall I tell you? Mm. Do you want to know what the next theme of the next issue Please, is? Or shall I keep it a secret? No, no, tell, tell everyone it is a bit first. Early, it yeah. is early days. We still have another two months of this issue still to go. I want to do something on feel good. But I get like our way of feeling good, like really unusual, quirky. There's an article already, the first article I've commissioned, and I didn't know I should. See, I have a big mouth. I tell everyone everything, and then there's no surprise. <laughs> I do it all the time. I go, every time I get the new cover in, I'm like, I must keep it a secret. Well, I must just keep a it a teaser. Secret. Just give us a tease. You don't have to give the whole thing. Oh. But tell us the whole thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Muscular Christianity. Have you ever heard of such I've a thing? I've never heard of such a no, concept. me too. Of course no. not. Me too. So Mick O'Hare is writing about this, and in the Victorian times, this was a massive, massive craze. It was the priests were really wanting the parishioners to get healthy because a healthy body melt mm -hmm. meant healthy, clean mind, so there'll be less fighting. Mm -hmm. So this is one of my articles for the next issue. And then I have other ideas about feeling good and how, you know, giving or just let's let's see. There's no more. So I don't even know what I'm going to do for the cover yet, but it will come. It will come. But forget that. So we have, um, so the Watercrest Queen we talked about, Jean Julien, an amazing, this guy, this guy, this he's in his 30s, he, a skateboarder in his 30s, French, a million followers on Instagram. So Jean Julien is one of the, the, the biggest, it's just different, you know? So Patrick Hughes, it's, he's so established. Jean Julien, he's young, out there doing the most stuff for Vogue, stuff for Hermes. He's so cool. So cool. And he tra travels the world, doesn't he? And he so travels the world. And, yeah. yeah. And we made these badges. Oh, I love giving these away. So these are badges of the cover of the... These are um, badges of the cover, Steve. The summer Steve, 2018 magazine. You know how lucky you are, Steve. Are you going to get me to wear... <laughs> I'm not going to I'm going to give you one. Oh, lovely. Because Thank nobody you. gets these. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was even talking about these like this morning. You. Nobody gets them. I'm blessed. I think we'll take a photograph of that. It's so sweet. That is wonderful. Brilliant. So I love, I love it. And I love them. Uh, but these were only given to people in Covent Garden. These were not for tourists unless they gave me a very good reason why they loved Covent Garden so much. Then I would consider giving them one. But these were only for people that lived and worked in Covent Garden. Because I, again, I love that. Like it's community. Mm. So important question. Yes. I mean, you, you live in a, a lovely flat yeah. right in the heart of Covent Garden. Yeah. How do you make this pay? Okay. So it's still young. So right now it's it's advertising because it's free. I do have a price at the front, but the price, really the price, I can't bear people picking it up and throwing it away. And, and thank God, I, I've never seen that. And even the suite, we have a lot of security in Covent Garden and the, and I think then they do an amazing job. Really, one of them the other day, one of the magazines was on the floor and he saw me coming. He's like, Janine, wait, stop, stop. Let me just stop. I can't let you see this. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. And he, you know... I love it because I want for them to own this magazine so they feel like it's theirs. I love that they take ownership, that they care about it as much as I do. It's so lovely. So it makes money by... So basically, that was my point. It's free. I, I, it's a free magazine. I've always wanted it to be free because there are so many beautiful magazines out there. But people do not value something unless there is a price on it. It has so to be a it, perceived value to it. Perceived a value. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all, all of luxury. Yeah. Not all of it, but you know what I mean. Like well, perceived yeah. value. Perception. Perception is the biggest word. Perception. So there is a price, but it is for free, unless you want to buy it online. And then that's different. But that's if, if you want it. Yeah. It, but, you, but it can you're not be not local. You want it delivered to your door. Exactly. Yeah, if subscription. You're exactly. But it's run by advertising. So I have some people. So there's two in particular the Savoy Hotel and there's Emma Allen at the Savoy Hotel and Myra Hughes from the Porterhouse and Myra 
these and Myra is literally my neighbor. And these two have, from before the magazine was even born, they supported the magazine. So they're supporters rather than advertisers as such. Same thing. I class it as the same. Yeah, but I, the point I'm making, I think, is that it's, if you flick through it, what I can't stand is magazines, luxury magazines, but it's just full of ads. And it's not, what, it's not, not what you want to see no, or me read too, particularly. Me too, me too, me too. And this is not full of ads. That's an ad. That's, but it's, yeah, but, you and wouldn't Myra, really know no, that. I know. It's very discreet. It's beautiful, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the whole inside full colour. But, it, you know, yes, that's an ad, but it's discreet. It's yeah. not glaring and shouting um, out at you. And Myra, she just lets me. She's like, I said, Myra, I have an idea. Because, so, the Porterhouse, one of the largest pubs in Covent Garden, and it is a beautiful, beautiful pub. It's like a boat. It's go in and it's, everything is just, like, I think there's like seven floors. It's absolutely massive and they have live music and jazz. But for me, I love that Joseph Mallard William Turner was born in those premises in 1775. I think it is so cool. They have a green plaque outside. So we do... And they make the porterhouse, they distill their own gin, whiskey, I mean, everything. They make everything. They are very incredible. And there's like a pub in here, they have in New York, in Ireland, of course, distilleries. But I love that we got to play. We got to, to because in every issue, we have a different, so with this one, with the magic issue, so you have Turner here for our summer issue, dressed in a summer outfit. Here, he's wearing a, a yeah. magician's outfit. And I love that Myra is so open to that. So it's, it's as much a piece of artwork as it is an Definitely. advert. Yeah. So that's how how it's funded, really, from yes. a couple of, if you like, corporate sort yes. of big big players. And the small ones. You get some small, small oh trade, traders as well. Absolutely. Benjamin yeah. Pollock's and Sweetheart Bakery. And we have mailboxes, et cetera. And, we, and the other hotel, they've got the Old Witch. So there are much bigger, but the smaller ones also. And is it profitable? Just. Just. As of the last issue, just. Okay. Just. But Good. we've broken even. We broke yeah. even from the word go. From the word go. But of course, every issue it gets a little bit bigger, so then costs. But yes, but of course, but I, I never want. Look, a few people have said, "Oh, this is a labor of love." Love. I've never. I don't want it to be a labor of love. And there's also a great saying: "A business that doesn't make money is a hobby." And I never wanted. I never wanted this to be a hobby. I want this to be a business. I want to, to work with the people I work with because. But I want to pay them. I know what it's like, you know. Every, and everybody who they do, they don't get a cake. You know, my cover artist. It's. Everybody gets paid something. But you all get paid something. Everybody yeah. gets paid something. Yeah. yeah. And I always wanted it to be like that. And do you see this growing, you know, obviously because you Covent Garden is a restricted area geographically and you've already said there's 70,000 residents and there's obviously... 7,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 7,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know how many other sort of businesses there are in the area as well. I'd love to do another magazine. I'd love to do a few of them. That That's the goal. What, running alongside the Covent Garden? Also niche for, for the mm. area as Not well? Not for Covent Garden. Or for, for other no, areas. for other areas. Right. Yeah, I'd love that. But for that, I'd need proper funding and I need proper, 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 a, a bigger team. Because, hmm. but I'd love to do that. Definitely. I think there's so much potential. I do. So we're going to wrap up shortly. But, ah, uh, <laughs> you want to carry on? <laughs> we can carry on if you want. <laughs> You're enjoying it now, no. aren't you? <laughs> um, tell us some of your favorite places in London that you okay. love. Now, obviously, Covent Garden obviously is going to be Garden. right at top of the list. It is. But it doesn't have to be exclusively Covent Garden. Okay, but Covent Garden, obviously, I wouldn't go. I mean, Covent Garden is my favorite place in London, obviously. But I love walking across the bridge from South Bank all the way down to Borough Market. I think that walk is beyond that exquisite. That is one of my oh, favorite really? walks. And we've done it two or three yeah. times this summer. Yeah, absolutely love it's that. It's so nice. Yes. And the boats and the people and yeah. the sand and the... It's like, it's, yeah, I just it's love so crossing lovely. the bridge, going past the Festival Hall and down that... It's just gorgeous. Oh, that's really nice. wonderful. That's yeah. nice. And Marleybone High Street is gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Because my father used to have a shop down there in the 80s. 
he had a shop. So I remember Marleybone High Street. Actually, I also went to university down there as well. So I have very fond memories of Marleybone High Street. Mm -hmm. But now it's it's amazing. It's so smart. It's really slick. Love it. So we've got the South Bank Walk. We've got Marylebone High Street. Anywhere else? I mean, you have no. a... Covent Garden. Covent Garden. Covent Garden all the time. <laughs> That's the top. So in <laughs> yeah. reverse order, right at the top is Covent Garden. I mean, Covent Garden, as we've already said, is quite a, a larger area. Where, where are you talking about? What is your most favourite place in the whole of Covent Garden? Oh, that's too hard. Maiden Lane. Maiden Lane. Maiden Lane, because it is dripping with history. You have Voltaire, who lived on Maiden Lane. You have Joseph Mellard, William Turner, who was born. You have Rules, the oldest restaurant in London. You have the Corpus Christi Church. You have Grind, my favourite coffee shop. On Maiden Lane. I mean, Maiden Lane is my favorite. My favorite. It's like stepping back in time. I'm going to take you there now. You are. That's why we're wrapping up early. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been an absolute joy. And so thank you very much indeed for Thanks, sharing your, your valuable thank time you. with us. I would recommend everybody who comes into Covent Garden to pick up one of these beautiful luxury magazines called The Covent Gardener. Um, which are all fabulously illustrated with wonderful shortish articles. Well, because as you say, some people can't read or, you know, have the have the uh, attention span of a gnat <laughs> or a goldfish. And, and you Me. know, we, none yeah. of us, we're all, we're all busy running around yeah. and yeah. you don't, you want people to enjoy it. And I read one of them cover to cover pretty much on the train coming up here. And it, it really is a lovely, lovely magazine. You can either pick up a hard copy or you can subscribe online. So... Where can people find you online, uh, social media, on your Instagram account? But you also post out quite a lot on, yeah, on Instagram. I do. In your walks in and around Covent Garden. Yeah, I love so, it. So uh, Instagram, I love Instagram. So Instagram is the only social media channel I use. Uh -huh. So that's at the Covent Gardener. And online, it's thecovengardener.com. So that's the website is there basically to, if you want to buy the magazine, so just subscribe. And it's not expensive. I mean, no. It, it's a quarterly magazine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what is it? Ten, ten, it's £10, £10 for four copies, and that's including that's including post and packaging. That's nothing, is it, really? <laughs> yeah. To get a wonderful piece. No, because postage is so expensive. Yes. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> postage is expensive. Well, once again, thank you very thank much you, indeed. Thank you. Long may your magazine continue to thrive and prosper. Thank you, Steve. 